So often we hear people say, I quit drinking and I didn't even know who I was anymore. For a lot of us, alcohol was a huge part of our identity. When we gave it up, we had to find new hobbies and get honest about what we like and don't like. We had to stop being what we thought everyone wanted us to be and start being true to ourselves. Stay tuned for a conversation about taking off the masks, finding our true selves, and learning how to be authentic. Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Steve and Julie. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full, there's no space left for alcohol. Before we jump into this week's conversation, we want to let you know about an exciting new addition to the Through the Glass community. We have created a private Facebook group specifically for our listeners. It's a place where we can all share the connection we know is so vital to a thriving recovery. You can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash Through the Glass Recovery, or just search Through the Glass Recovery on Facebook and you'll find us. Right. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast. So happy to have you guys all here and so grateful to our listeners for hanging out with us today. This is episode 65, which I think is just awesome. It's so cool to see that number climbing, and it's been such such an amazing ride. We have three fantastic guests with us tonight, and we'll do introductions first. Matt, I'm going to let you start since you have been here before. Hello. Uh, yes, this is my second time on. I was on the first episode of this season, season two. So not much has changed. Yes, my name is Matt. I am now nine months sober. Uh, I celebrated that on Sunday. So Sweet. yep, keep keep moving forward with things. I'm from upstate New York, a uh, town of Burnt Hills. I got two young kids and uh that pretty much keeps my time uh, pretty busy with things. So, yeah, glad to be here again. Right on. Good to have you. Really cool. Thanks for being here. And that episode, the first episode of season two is, as of now, the most popular episode we have ever released. So it was a really good one. Really glad you were on that with us. Yep. And yeah, um, so next we will go with Marcy. Hi, guys. I'm Marcy. I am eight years sober. And I just celebrated October 4th, eight years. And I am the host of a talk show called Wake Up With Marcy. And that airs in New York, in New Jersey, parts of Connecticut, and I'm in uh, other parts of the United States. I released a book last year called Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles. So sobriety has taken me on a beautiful course, and I'm now doing public speaking along with a lot of other things and trying to help others. So thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. That sounds like all kinds of inspiring work you're doing. So really excited to hear all of that. That's awesome. We, our, our sobriety recovery community needs people doing all of that. It's really neat. Yeah. Um, and last but not least is Trevor. Hi, my name is Trevor Kevlo. I am five years, eight months, and some change sober. I've taken a more active approach to actual recovery this past year. 
Uh, I'm originally from Chicagoland. I've spent seven, eight years in Los Angeles, uh, a year in Austin. And in the past year and a half or so, I've been on the road. Uh, I'm actually a stand-up comic, a writer, producer. I have a small comedy and small independent comedy brand. And uh, I'm, I'm in Phoenix now. I, this is where I'm kind of landing. So thank you for having me. Right on. Really cool. Yeah, I need to check out some of your comedy stuff. That is really neat. And we will, I just want to remind our listeners that we will have links for all of our guests in our show notes and on social media. So make sure you guys get in touch with them and check out all of their stuff. So often our conversations on this podcast result in someone saying, I didn't even know who I was. When we are drinking, we lose our identity completely or our authentic identity gets replaced by one that revolves around drinking and unhealthy habits. It's a common feeling for people who are in recovery to feel like they have no idea who they are, what they enjoy doing, who they enjoy spending their time with and their values, and what they really believe. Is this something that you guys have experienced? How have you managed to find yourself now that you're sober? And what has that process looked like for you? And anybody is welcome to start and we'll just jump in and have a conversation. Light it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Marcy here. I listen. I totally resonated with this when you guys shared the topic. I, I really didn't have any idea. I completely had lost myself through drinking, even though I was working, and I ended up getting married and having children. But I honestly didn't know at the core of myself who Marcy was. I remember one night I was out. And I was drinking, partying with friends, and my husband was home with kids. And I was like, I can't even be myself with my husband, you know, like, and I realized now that I'm sober that I just had completely lost myself in my trauma and then my drinking. And I didn't even know who Marcy was. And so once I stopped drinking and my mind started clearing up instead of just having my family and the things I was trying to do to validate myself. I started being able to, to dig deeper and see things that I was interested in. And, you know, I just, I wanted to soak up knowledge. Like I'll give you an example. Like when I went on vacation, it was all about where were we going to drink in the afternoon being by the pool drinking or on the beach or whatever the case may be yeah. and now right so now when i go on vacation it's like soaking in the culture helping the questions you know really taking in wherever i am and just expanding on just growth and that's where, I mean, the fact that I'm interviewing people and, and interested in other people's stories, like I could give a crap less. I'm going to be honest way back when, like I was just always like poor me, victim Marcy. And so it was really hard for me to care too much or know how to take down the walls and, and connect with people really. And so I have just found through sobriety, like so many interests uh, that I have and, and just wanting to expand on who I am and the growth uh, that's possible. And 
and how wonderful and beautiful life really is without masking and clouding myself with a drink. And instead of like masking myself and, and just diving into a bottle of wine, I'm diving into connecting with people and reading and understand how the brain works and sobriety and like how we can rewire our brains and and just like so many incredible things to learn about and like that's where I finally feel like I'm in touch with myself and and what it, the biggest thing was finding that self-love for myself so I know I'm kind of rambling on but I hated myself and and I think once I figured out that I am pretty lovable and, and I, I'm I'm I love myself and how great that can be I got to open up it opened up a whole world for me. It really does. It really does open up one big, giant, massive world that I think I know in, from my perspective, never really knew existed. It was there staring me in the face somewhere in the minutiae of the world, right? In, in, in what I was yeah. doing, it was just impossible to see. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So I'm just, I I think it's really awesome to be able to wake up every day with a clear mind and, you know, just look at, look at life in every day as an opportunity and that to be grateful for each moment instead of just trying to just pull yourself up out of it for the day and just get through it instead of looking for the next glass of wine or you know lunch so i can go drink or whatever the case may be uh it's really fantastic to start to learn who i am that person i lost when i was six years old like all the trauma and all the crap just kept chipping away at who i was Um, my identity was alcohol based and it was what everyone told me i was it was what my identity was it was you know Steve likes this. Steve likes to go fishing. Steve likes to go, likes to play hockey. And I, I and I, I mean, I do, but Steve likes spaghetti. Like, this is what you like. You like this. You yeah. Know, just because I ate it three times and said, mm, it was good. It's now my favorite food. Oh, I guess it's my favorite food. Like, I just, that's the stuff that I digested. And that's the stuff that I made my identity. So these were the things I did. <laughs> obviously because everyone else said I was good at them. Like that's, that's, that was the, you know, the validation that I got from that. So those must be the things that I do. Those must be the things that I like. Just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I like it. Something I learned now in this journey, I'm two years, seven months sober. And it's like, you, you, you talk about the mask, right? It's like, let's rip this one off and see what's underneath. Now it's almost like a gift. It, it First it hurt. Like I struggled with the struggle, right? It was like, I'm yeah. struggling with this struggle and it was hard. Now I just struggle. It's a little bit different, but that's okay. And the struggle is fine, but n- not being stuck behind the mask of what everyone else tells me I'm supposed to be. And you really, hit, I, yeah. Julie, I was just going to say you hit something on the head there for me. And that's like, I thought I liked things just because I was good at them. I loved the validation 
and the affirmation and people telling me that I was good, that I was good enough, that I was worthy, all of those things. And so those are the things I did. And God, I did them well, right? If I was good at something, I was going to take it like all the way to the limit and milk it for all of the compliments that it was worth um, because I had no internal self-worth. So I was just fishing for it everywhere. When I stopped doing that, every hobby, I had to really ask myself, do I actually enjoy doing this or am I just doing this because people tell me how good I am at it? Or, you know, I, there was just so much of that questioning. And at first, I couldn't even answer that question. I didn't even know. Like I for, for over a decade, I've grown this massive garden, um, like, it, you know, grow all the food that my family eats in a summer and I'm good at it. I'm really good at growing food. And I worked at it like three or four hours a day. And I was really proud of it because people would tell me how great I was for that. The first year I quit drinking, I didn't play in the garden and I didn't really miss it. And that was shocking to me because I always thought that was this thing that I loved so much. Like it was a huge part of my identity. And when I didn't plant a single seed, I didn't feel like anything was actually missing in my life. And that's when I realized I needed to really look at every hobby and everything I do. Gosh, even the way that I dress, right? Do I dress for other people or do I dress because it makes me feel good about myself? It's just such a discovery process and it's a beautiful one, but I think it's a long, slow process too. What do you got, Matt? Yeah, I can say, <clears throat> excuse me. So like the last day and a half thinking about this, I've had a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts, a lot of different directions uh, with things. So obviously nine months sober, been doing a lot of reflecting, you know, kind of, of where I, where I was, where I got, where I am. And it got me actually, when I first read this topic, when I actually was first introduced to you guys uh, on Instagram, there was a, um, a video and I got the, I'll just briefly rip through the quote here, uh, or you know, what Julie said. And it said, uh, when people quit drinking, one of the first things they think of is I can't wait to get back to the person I was before I had a drinking problem. Mm. Reality is you're never going to be that person again. You're growing, you're moving forward, you're evolving, and you're on your way to becoming someone you can't even imagine yet. And I remember when I heard that and I was like, whoa, like first thing I ever shared, shared that you guys had posted. I'd never thought about that before. Um, and I think I was like maybe a month, two months sober at the time. And I was like, yeah, it made me think, but I didn't understand it until recently. It is. It's very much a spot that I am right now that I still am finding myself like day in, day out. It's, you know, things that I used to like to do. Nope. Doesn't, doesn't do the same thing for me anymore. You know, for me, you really talked about the garden for me, hunting season's coming up and it's just kind of like, okay, it's coming up, but do I want to do it? And really like hunting and drinking were, were things that went hand in hand. It's nothing even like that, but it's still, it's something that, oh, you know, I was a hunter, but I don't know if I want to do that anymore, at least right now. But then also, you know, another, other kind of thoughts I've had in the last you know, day with this is kind of looking back and talk about losing yourself, you know, hit critical points in my life. And I can see now where I lost parts of myself over you know not the last five years when when it became obvious to everybody that i had a drinking problem but even before then when i knew it was a problem but uh you know i could still justify it 
was doing everything I was supposed to do. And I had, you know, quote my stuff together still, but I was losing myself while I was still trying to do all those other things that was expected of me, you know, and everybody was like, oh, you know, every time I've gone to treatment, people are like, oh, you're so hard on yourself. It was like, finally, I'm to the point where it's like, I can look at that person that I was and, you know, the feelings I have now about like, really like the shell of who I became, you know, it's feels empty, doesn't it? Empty. I don't want to, I don't want to say sad. It's lonely. I don't, I don't like to say that. Like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to explain because I'm grateful for everything I went through mm-hmm. as painful and as horrible as it was. I'm grateful. I went through it. Do I want to relive it? No. Um, you know, two completely different things, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't find the right word to describe it there. Um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought with it. But, you know, until a month ago, I couldn't sit in a room by myself and just be okay. And I'm finally to that point, you know, and I think that's, I had to reach that point to kind of start to, you know, move to this next step of finding who I am. Before it was so much of, depending on who I was with, I had to play a role. And yeah. it was a role based off of what I thought people knew about me, what they had heard about me, and what had I told these people before. You know, all these things. As soon as I went in a room, it's like my mind was all over the place, you know, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, find where I fit in as my role, survive. Yeah. That's a great you know, way to explain I, that. And and like I said, I had eight months and I don't even remember where I was, but I was somewhere and I was like, wow, I'm good. Like it was the biggest relief to just be in this place and not care. I knew that I was okay. No matter what people knew, what they had seen, what they had heard, whatever it was, I was okay. And I think that's been a huge point, like I said, for me now to, I'm not going to say reinvent myself, but I feel like, you know, that's, that is what it is. It's, um, it's like you start creating your sober self, right? Right. I, I like, I, I refuse to believe that I went through all this for just getting sober as crazy as it sounds. I feel like it has to be something bigger. I mean, you guys started this podcast, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I've been to treatment. I've had been very fortunate with, with the help that I've received. And I just feel like that I have something that I can get and help other people with. And I, you know, maybe that's my next step of discovering who I am with this, uh, process of, you know, recovery. But until I was able to be okay, truly okay. You know, not that when we're still drinking or, you know, active use. Yeah, I'm okay. But truly okay. Sit in a room, know who I was, know who I am. Till I was able to do that, you know, I... Matt is getting to meet Matt again. Right. There you go. I I remembered that feeling and it's so cool to hear you describe it. It does. Because I remember laying on my bed, talking on the phone. And saying out for the first time, I'm okay with me. Like, and and it's 
it sounds so small, but when you experience that for the first time, it is absolutely life-changing, right? So it's really neat to hear you describe it because that's where you are right now. It's really cool. Really neat. Trevor? Hello. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, I've I'm, For 20 plus years, I, I ran bars and nightclubs in Chicago, stuff in Vegas. I worked in a very, very chaotic, wild industry for a long time. Um, I was always kind of associated and addressed as like the party boy, the guy that knew how to drink, the guy that could drink, the guy that put together parties, you know, that that kind of thing. Uh, I never knew how to just be myself or just be. I always knew I was a decent guy, but I treated myself like like crap for a long time because low self-worth, you know, I'm never going to be anything more than a bar manager, a bar, you know, whatever, a bartender at times. It was, uh, I had a low self-esteem about that, but I had high expectations for myself that I could never really achieve or get to. And I always knew that, I guess it was uh, subconsciously, unconsciously, I, I felt that that was the thing that was in the way, but I never, I was too scared to let that go because that was this kind of like persona I created, this personality of like the guy with the cool mohawk that ran around and did shots with everybody at a big bar I used to run. Or I was in Vegas all the time for work and I was working with uh, uh, professional athletes and, and stuff like that. So it was like I got stuck in this very, uh, it wasn't toxic, but it was like this this party. And I tell people that anytime I went out, it was like a night in Vegas for me. I couldn't just go out and have a good time. I had to go out and it was like, it had to be an extreme. It had to be, you know, 15 drinks, 15 shots, that type of thing. I was a blackout drinker. I blacked out. Like I tell people like a thousand times in my life and I never really figured out who I was, but I knew I wasn't a bad guy. And I would say that to myself after a rough weekend or week or whatever it was of that stuff. And I, 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 was too scared to 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 uncover who I was or who I you know at the time because I I had this this personality I created this this trait of being the guy that knew how to party and drink and all that and I was just scared of I call it scared of the darkness I had a very very rough childhood a lot of abuse uh older brothers and we were all pretty physical with each other but my dad was you know was pretty rough and that's something i finally discovered through not just some i i have an opinion of sobriety versus recovery you could be sober you can even go to meetings but when you're not actively trying to recover from stuff and work through your stuff it's like you're just kind of maintaining sobriety and just not drinking which is the ultimate goal you know one day at a time just don't drink but this past year i took on when i hit my five years earlier this year I really took an active approach to recovering and to trying to pinpoint these things and get through these things through meditation, through life coaching, through a lot of personal growth. And I've, it's, it's been amazing. And I finally am like, okay, I am a good guy. I'm not the guy I was 23, obviously, as we said, 20, 30 years ago when I started drinking, you know, excessively, I don't want to be that guy. And I was a young dude. I was a young man, like, you know, had it up my ass kind of thing. Now I'm like very content. I'm able to sit in a place 
and be completely cool and be okay with things. And the the thing I've noticed recently is I don't have I've I'll have an insecure insecure thoughts kind of like I call them creep up on me, but the insecure feelings aren't there. Like I don't have this feeling of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, this person won't like me. I don't, you know, for me and my my business, it's like this crowd's not going to like me. It's like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do really good. And if they don't like me, they don't like me. It is what it is. I'm okay with that. But it's these these thoughts that kind of come into my in my head. And I I tell people I fight them off now. I have the ability to shut it down and feel like that's that's the old way of thinking. The, the uh, you know, I don't want to say the mind of an addict, but it's like this, the insecurity of not being good enough, not being funny enough, not being you know, good looking enough, fast enough, whatever it was. And that's something I really have, have taken, you know, I've accepted is, is like, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel totally useless, you know, and there's times where I want to feel like that, but I've, I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where being a person of value is so much more important than being a person of success, as successful in careers I've been in, and things I've done, but I wasn't there. I wasn't present. I was I was not able to be there for people, for friends, for family, and most importantly, right now in my life, people struggling with sobriety that are in and out of recovery or mental health in general. That's something I've really been putting more of my focus and attention on is helping the next person because I know how dark and awful it can be when you're in the depths of your addiction or when you're in recovery and you feel like, or you feel like you have, you have nowhere to go or no one to talk to, there's always someone there. There's a meeting you can go to. There's a book, there's online help. There's so many avenues that you can, that you can hit now for 20, 30 years ago, people in recovery really didn't have as many outlets to go to. Now we have so many, we go like, this is how we all met here is, is through Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. 20, even 10 years ago, it really wasn't that big a thing. Yeah. So yeah. Re- recovery culture is just blown up because of COVID's done an amazing job of creating a massive online space for recovery because yep. it was forced. Yeah. If you wanted to recover and you needed connection somehow, or you were looking to talk about your problems or whatever that was, regardless of the program that you're in or not in for that matter, there is so much out there and there's so many people out there that are just willing to listen and lend an ear or, I mean, neither of us practice a program, but the program is recovery, right? It's just a matter of it's, it's, it's personal growth. It's all of those things. That's all all that personal growth is self-discovery. It's like what part, like all of the things about me, how do I play a role in in this life with this new experience that I read in this book? What can I do with it? And and it's mm-hmm. that internal reflection that I never used to do. I never used to care. I and I didn't even know what that was. I, I couldn't even look beyond the mask. It was a lot like you said, Trevor. Just what do you need to do to to or as Matt said that? What do you need to do to fit into the room? Yeah. Right. Is really what it was. Do you guys, Trevor, you were talking about insecurity. And do you guys find that the more you get in touch with your authentic self versus the version of you everybody else 
wanted you to be, that you just feel less insecure. So I feel like that has happened for me. And I, I wonder if that happens for other people too, because I'm so much more comfortable in my own skin now. And I'm not worrying constantly what everybody thinks of me. I mean, it, it, obviously that comes and goes, right? I'm not I'm not completely fixed. But, but do you guys find that too? Like the more authentic you are, the more confident and secure you feel? 1000%, without a doubt. I, I feel that it's it's... The more I am myself, the more I'm going to attract people that actually enjoy the person that I really am rather than the person that I'm trying to be or the guy at the bar that can give you free drinks or buys you free drinks or knows somebody that can get you free drinks or whatever it is. I, I feel way better. I, I I love it. And I'm I'm older now, too. I'm, you know, I was 45 years old. I started my party days as, you know, as a young dude. And that was fun. Now it's it's. It feels it feels really good, and you know, and for me personally, like I said, it's being being of service to other people in any way I can, as a friend, a family member, you know, a, a, a partner, whatever it is that 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 I'm that I'm doing, you know, uh, in whatever you know faucet of my life, I can show up all the time, and I'm not going to be a hundred percent all the time. You just can't, but I'll you know I'll be there and I'll do everything I can within reason to help you and to be that person. But yeah, I think it's, it's the best thing is, is, is being your, like you said, your most authentic self, because then you attract the right people, not just people, you know, and, and that has been huge for me. People in alignment with who you are, right? Marcy, were you yeah. going to say something? Go ahead. Well, I just, my, my security was my drink. And so I had to dig really deep to find my, you know, my self-worth and to know that I'm much better than that person that just needed to drink to show up and be funny. And, you know, everything was on the outside. I mean, I just felt like I was the shell of a person and then I was just pouring this alcohol in me to fill every void that I had. And so once I quit drinking, and it's so great to hear Matt talk, you know, because it's taking me back, you know, it, you had to, I had to, I had to squash the demons and all the thoughts in my head and like figure out a new way of thinking. And it was through, for me, the 12 steps to really find and, and heal that trauma so I could peel back the layers and find myself again and just through my spiritual growth and learning gratitude and and just finding what really fills me fills my cup so that I can then help to fill others cup you know like that's the mission in life and that's what you find when you're doing this process it's like you're forced to step out of yourself and you realize that doing things for others is the true fulfillment. And that's, that's what, you know, my higher powers led me to do. And, and all of us, you know, that seems that that's kind of the common thread, which is so beautiful that we move from that selfish place of just everything's me, me, me and drink, drink, drink. And where can I get the next one? And I'm the life of the party and that's what makes people like me or I thought 
to to getting to this place of figuring out who the hell I am and and realizing realizing that I'm pretty great and I don't have to have a guy or a drink validate me. I got a question. Mm-hmm. I think Trevor, you mentioned this, but this is for everyone. The uncovering who I was, scared of uncovering who I was. You mentioned that, and that hit a button for me because I know for me, I was, I, I was. There was the being scared of change, but there was the being scared of committing to actually something that I silently liked because then I was going to be judged for it or teased for it because that was my past, right? Like judged for it, teased for it, made fun of all of that. And I wasn't prepared or I didn't think I was prepared to be able to handle that. So the question is, how did that feel to you? Like when you started actually uncovering those things and then exposing you, how did that feel? Are you asking me? Yeah, uh, sure. I'm asking all of us. Whoever, <laughs> you buddy. You sound, go for it. Um, well, it's it's scary because I started moving past a lot of fears and struggles that I had, and so I, I guess for me it was um, it was very uncomfortable because it's it's the, the fear of failure, um, really for me, but it also it just, it kept, with each step, it just kept making me stronger. And I used to be, even though I seemed so strong on the outside because I built up so many walls, I was such a weak person and just riddled with fear, even though people didn't see that. But as I started, you know, trying and doing things that were different, yeah, I mean it was it was uncomfortable, but with each step, it just made gave me more power too. Yep, it's very empowering. I think I love this question. If I go back to who I thought I was or who I was pretending to be, right, this big facade that I put on, I was like super mom, and everybody thought I was perfect, and everybody thought my kids were perfect and everybody thought my life was perfect and you know the horses and the cows and the goats and it's like like idyllic right to stop looking perfect and start letting people see all of my flaws and all of my failures and all of my struggles was so scary and so hard i like i avoided the feeling of rejection or of being judged or of disappointing someone with everything I had in me. And when I decided to start showing up authentically, I had to show up and, and let people judge me or disappoint them. Or And it's, it's really a scary thing to do. I found a lot of real connection when I, I started showing up as that person. The people that were going to judge me or reject me or be disappointed in me I realized didn't really have a place in my life anyway. So my life is, I don't know, it's cleaned up a lot as far as the people that deserve space here now. But it was really scary to put myself out there and let that part of myself be seen. Posting on Facebook, where I used Facebook just to make sure everybody knew how great I was and how perfect my life was for so long. (laughs) Posting on Facebook at a year sober, announcing that I was a year sober. 
that just threw a wrench in everybody's picture of me, right? But the people that mattered stuck around and congratulated me and still accepted me even with all of these flaws. And it's it's been a really cool adventure and like a major path of discovery to become that person. And I'm so much more comfortable and I'm not hustling all the time now trying to make it look perfect. And it's amazing. I love letting go of the perfectionism. I, I mean, I can relate to that so much. And yeah, everyone th- thought everything was perfect. And I try to make it all look perfect because it just then if I if I didn't if I didn't make it look perfect, then I I don't know, it was just going to be exposed for for the real me. But once I let that go, God, life got so much. It actually got so much easier and more fun. Exactly. (laughs) It's so much easier to remember the truth, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you're not hustling. That's it's so nice to let go of the hustle. Right. And just, you know, if I misstep or I misspeak or I look like a fool or walk out of the bathroom with toilet paper on my shoe or whatever, it's not this horrifying thing where I'm like, oh, my God, what does everybody think? I'm just like, I'm human. (laughs) It's just different. Matt, you look like you're thinking. Yeah, like a couple couple thoughts. This I mean, I never really worried about like painting that perfect picture because by the time like my drinking became known. I was already just in survival mode for me. It, that's that's where I was. It was if I had to be somewhere, it was okay. I drank enough before I'm going to be able to get through it until it's done, so I can drink again. I wasn't worried about this perfect picture of myself or anything like that. So where I am now, I show up. I haven't drink. I'm not drinking. I'm good. Don't care what you think. I mean, it's that. It is that simple. I know I'm showing up. I'm sober. We, if we're doing something, got to get something done. We're going to get it done. And I'm there. So, yeah, I really haven't experienced too much of that that feeling of anxiousness or or fear. You know, like I said, I, I correction, I guess, with that, with, within the last month, before, before I could say I'm okay, I had a ton of that stuff. But where I am now, no, it really doesn't affect me. That's awesome. I'm going to tell a fu- tell you guys a funny story. So I'm listening to you talk, Julie, and you talk about like showing up authentically and, and stuff like that and showing your flaws and all of those things. And, and, and we're talking about some of the theme that's, that's here is like attracting your own people. So Julie and I met online in recovery meetings and she will tell you, and I will tell you, that had we have met in person, we would have just walked past each other, right? Yeah. Because um, we both said, like, you're not a person that I would have normally, just by looking at you, I would have really never have associated. That You wouldn't have been someone I would have had a conversation with. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm like a hippie farm chick, right? And Steve's all like, I don't know, not hippie. Um <laughs> So different. We never, ever would have connected if we had met in person. Not at all. And it's not, it's, it's not that at all. Right. So and I'm going to wrap this up now. Cause I think we, we did great. Trevor, you talked about once you get to start showing your authentic self, you start attracting your people. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of where I was going with that story. Right. 
we would have completely passed each other at a different time time in our lives but at this time regardless of how different we are right we were able to connect and form a fantastic friendship because of it and so you attract your people she's one of my people you guys are one of my people and not everyone is going to be that person you're not going to be friends with everyone just like you said trevor but the people that you are are going to be really important and they're going to be those people that matter the, the ones that hang around we talked about just because i'm good at something it doesn't mean i like it definitely everyone shared on that one losing parts of yourself over time and doing all the things that other people expect of us expected of us over time it wasn't i don't feel like i just lost my identity in one fell swoop it was this chipping away of this person that i was to become everything to fit in to be a part of the group without really belonging Matt, you talked about finding your role in the environment you were in just to survive. And we all shared experiences on that. Low self-worth is attached with a loss of who we are. That was a common theme that we talked about tonight here too. Um, and being a person of value instead of success. Trevor, I really liked that one. You and both Marcy talked about serving others and finding the ultimate value in that right so when you find yourself you really start attracting your people so i want to say thank you matt thank you marcy and thank you trevor for finding some time to spend with us tonight and sharing your stories and your experiences really appreciate you guys yeah, no thank problem. you guys thank you yeah thank you for having me To our listeners, thanks for being here. We're so happy to share this journey with you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow Through the Glass Recovery so that you don't miss future episodes, like the one next week about dealing with regret after you get sober.